You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Milwaukee. Also the Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Wyota? Weota? I'm not 100% sure. It does appear to be a small town uh, in the corner of the state over by Iowa. So uh, southwest corner of the state. Shout out to ESPN Weota or ESPN Wyota. Feel free to cut that up however you may choose. Um, But happy to be there. And... uh, very sad today to be going at this by myself. Uh, it is not typical for me to record a morning podcast, but that's exactly what I'm doing. It is Wednesday morning at 8.15, and I'm here recording a podcast because it is the summertime, and in the summertime, uh, I shift gears for a little bit uh, instead of being the ESPN Milwaukee Bucks reporter, I become the ESPN Milwaukee Brewers reporter, and that means I, re- I mean, I, I cover Brewers games, and well, they have been going long. Uh, this Brewers team is struggling a little bit at the moment, and their games are taking a while. Uh, so Sunday, it did not work out. Uh, Frank and I were trying to get everything together. And our schedules did just not match up as Frank was going back on the road for work. And on Monday, there was a Brewers game. And we, uh, as Frank mentioned on Twitter, uh, Frank felt like he was getting old and uh, could not end up staying up that late. And the Brewers played an even later game on Tuesday night. So um, I, I called it off for Frank and told him, hey, buddy, go to sleep. Don't worry about it. I will take care of it in the morning. Uh, So I'm taking care of it in the morning. So no Frank Madden for us for today on Lockdown Things. (laughs) Somehow this means that we are still pushing off the the Dante DiVincenzo Summer League review. Uh, So maybe that'll happen at some point. Maybe we will record that uh, episode tonight for tomorrow. Maybe that'll be your Thursday podcast or... You know, maybe we'll just keep teasing it because it seems to be working out very well for us. So we will uh, we'll see if we get that one done. So let's uh, let's move on to all of the news of the day. Uh, a couple things I wanted to touch on today. Uh, the first one was it's that time of year where. There's, there's not really much going on, but the the first thought for people's minds is not, uh, let's, let's go do something else. Um, let's go find a way to, uh, 
to use our time differently. It's to attempt to figure out something else to talk about with the books. And that's led to a little bit of discussion over Chris Middleton and his next contract. And I tweeted about it a little bit yesterday, but I guess some of the things that I sort of kind of wanted to clear up is during the early extension period, uh, the Bucks can sign Chris Middleton to an extension. Um, the only thing is that the extension is limited to, or I should say limited by, the previous contract. So uh, the other day, Tobias Harris had a four-year, $80 million contract extension, rumored, um, that he turned down. That he said, you know what, I don't want that. And I think that led to a number of people thinking, Oh, is is that what what it would be for Chris Middleton? And then they triangulated that with uh, listening to the Low Post a couple weeks back, and uh, it was an episode with Zach and Kevin Arnovitz, and they had discussed uh, the Bucks and kind of everything that happened with Jabari. But then they mentioned, you know, the Bucks would love to get Middleton signed to an extension this summer, uh, but Middleton is going to say no thanks and then opt out of his player option at the end of the year. And I think when you hear something like that, you think, oh, that must mean, you know, Chris Middleton has a, has a max in mind or he, he wants a, a certain deal uh, or he wants out or whatever it may be. Like it, you just hear it. And I think at times that can kind of cause people to start talking crazy about, you know, what Chris Middleton may or may not want. Does he want out all these different things? So I think you hear those things and your imagination and maybe not even your imagination, just the the thoughts start to run wild in your head about what may or may not be going on. So I just wanted to clear some of that up. So Tobias Harris, he can get a four-year, $80 million extension because his previous deal, the base salary on it was $16 million per year. So he, his current contract, four years, 64, and again, the years and stuff kind of all work out, but um, if you're just thinking about this very generally, and I, this is embarrassing that I'm going to attempt to do this because Frank is our cap guy and I can never do uh, what he attempts to do, and uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to go too nerdy on you, but the idea is any early extension you're signing is 125, the max you can offer to that player is 125% of their previous deal. I think he had something where it was like 17 million, 15 million, 17 million, 15 million, something. It's structured kind of funky, um, but either way, the the average year value ends up being 16 million. So 125% of 16 is 20. That one's pretty simple. Um, Because you just take 25% of 16, that's 4. 16 plus 4, 20. And there is your four-year $80 million extension. Chris Middleton, on the other hand, uh, again, his deal is, uh, I believe it was front-loaded. So it started closer to 15, drops down to... 13-ish here in this last year and with that again you're taking the average of all you know the average between those four years and you're going to get to about 14 million so if you multiply 14 times 100 
25% or 1.25, you're going to get to about 17 and a half or so. Uh, So 17 and a half per year times four, four years, 70 million. So when you hear Kevin Arnovitz and you hear Zach Lowe talk about okay, the Bucks would love to get Chris Middleton to extension, and Chris Middleton is going to say no and likely opt out of his player option here at the end of the year. The reason that would be is that number is nowhere close to Chris Middleton's value. There's just no way that Chris Middleton would ever sign a four-year $70 million extension because he's worth way more than that at this point. Um, you know, maybe last summer uh, that could have been close to his number coming off the injury, but after a 20.5 rebound for assist season um, and after a, a postseason where he shoots 60% and uh, is just essentially a human flamethrower against the number one defense in the league, you know, he's, he's not going to sign to that number. So, um, that was just something I kind of wanted to clear out. I tweeted it out. Uh, there's just no way the Bucks will get Middleton at that number. And again, when I, when I tweeted that out, people asked immediately, Oh, well, what's his number? And I think that's an impossible exercise to attempt to figure out because one, we just don't, we don't really know what Chris Middleton and his agent Jeff Schwartz are thinking. Uh, yes, Jeff Schwartz is is back. Uh, he, he will be back next summer uh, with Chris Middleton. Uh, maybe not the same connections there that once existed with Jeff Schwartz, but uh, you know, you'll have to see kind of what his people think. And I think one thing to keep in mind is that the Bucks got him at a deal this last time. Uh, they signed him the summer before the cap hike, uh, where his numbers were going to be, I mean, in a way, artificially deflated. And since they signed him at that moment, that year, people were like, oh my gosh, this is an overpay for Chris Middleton. And uh, both Frank and I were like, this is going to be a steal as soon as you see the cap spike. And yeah, it, it was a steal. Uh, having Chris Middleton at $13 million this year is just incredible value. So, uh, one, they gave him a deal last time. So this second time around, you know, maybe they won't be as, uh, as generous. Um, I think if you're trying to figure out when Chris Middleton's payday is, it's probably this time. Uh, he turns 27 here in about, I think two weeks or so. Uh, and then next summer. So he'll be in his age 28 season after this season uh so at that point if you're chris middleton you you need to get paid uh that's going to be your probably your last chance at at a big deal so uh that'll be it and is he a max player i I don't really know i think it's tough to figure out exactly where he is on twitter yesterday i said he's probably somewhere in the top 40 to 50 and for the first time in recorded history uh i had an overwhelming amount of bucks fans yell at me and say you are underrating chris middleton he is better what well who are you people you that's what you thought okay 
That's awesome. I said 40 to 50 so that I didn't have people at my throat telling me, no, Chris Middleton isn't a top 30 player, top 25 player, whatever it may be. Um, I artificially (laughs) devalued Middleton just so I didn't have to deal with people in my mentions screaming at me about how good Chris Middleton is. So good on all of you guys. Um, I'm happy that we have now reached a spot where me saying Chris Middleton is a top 40 to 50 NBA player is not controversial. And if it is controversial, it's because I underrated him. Uh, so good on all of you. I'm, I'm happy that at this point, uh, Chris Middleton, uh, people are recognizing kind of his value. But with all that being said, if you're a top 30-ish NBA player, do you get a max deal? I mean, I think it's a really interesting question, and uh, as I started to talk through all of this with some people, you know, I had a couple people say, well, you know, the Bucs aren't going to sign a free agent better than Chris Middleton, and as you think through it, I would have to agree, and it speaks to two things. One, how good Chris Middleton is, uh, because if you're a top 30 NBA player, well, you got to find someone that's in the top 29, uh, to be better than him or the top 33 or whatever you have to find someone better than him and then you have to find someone that's free agent and those guys aren't always free agents so i think it speaks to you know how good chris milton is but also it speaks to how attractive milwaukee is as a free agent destination and i think that's a little bit tougher to know but it, it is something that obviously you, you kind of have to think through and attempt to figure out uh and then try to put a value on it because i th- if you can attempt to get him at under the max, I think that's obviously what your goal should be. And I think the leverage you probably have to use is, you know, some of the other deals that were signed. DeMar Rosen is the guy that he gets compared to, I think, more than anyone. And again, part of that is because uh, Ben Golliver and uh, the guys that do the the Sports Illustrated NBA rank, top 100, whatever, uh, have consistently put Middleton above DeRozan and kind of drawn the have, have always drawn the comparison like okay Chris Middleton is your modern NBA wing uh, he is able to shoot threes he's able to play a little bit of defense he's able to play make he's able to fit into a larger system and then DeMar DeRozan is kind of your old school get buckets shooting guard um, and they value him over over DeRozan and DeRozan signed for a little bit less than the max uh, the last time that he had a contract up so if you can get him less than the max, I think you're doing a good job. And then also, um, as we've talked about, that that helps keep a little bit of money open uh, going forward. So I think it's going to be really interesting. But what my goal was in doing all of this is was just generally to clear some things up. Like, I don't know if at any point, and again, this isn't... This isn't me reporting anything. I have not talked to John Horst about this, um, but I do think there's some general logic to be applied here. Um, you know, the Bucks, the Bucks will make sure that Chris Middleton knows how much he is valued. Uh, that you know, they really want him to be a part of the future. Um, I don't. I'm sure they'll mention, "Hey, we'd love for you to do the extension." But they will be very aware. And again, I think sometimes NBA deal making is is viewed as binary in that we offer this, 
We say no. Now we counter with this. The team says no. Like th- there's not this back and forth of throwing offers. Like you are talking through all these things. So uh, I think we may never hear that Chris Middleton has officially turned down a contract extension offer because the Bucks might know well enough that it would be offensive to offer that contract extension. Not that they don't want Chris Middleton to be a part of the future, but you know, they can have this conversation where it's like, Hey Chris, we really want you to be a part of the future. We really like the way that you're playing. We enjoy everything that you do. We think you fit well with us going forward. Um, we just want you to know all of that. Um, but we do understand that the extension dollars four years for 70 million is probably not going to be enough for you. Um, don't take us not offering it or offering it or anything like that as, you know, as offensive or as a slight, we just want to, you know, make sure you know how much we value and Chris Middleton's camp can, in the same way, say, okay, well, you know, we're not interested in the extension, but we do understand how much you appreciate uh, Chris. We understand what you're looking to do going forward. And both parties will probably eventually understand that Chris is going to opt out at the end of the season because his the player option that he could have for next year won't pay him enough, and the early extension that he could have won't pay him enough either. So uh, I just kind of wanted to... To get at all of that, because one, I think there's some misunderstanding of what his contract extension could be. It, the highest it could be is four years, seventy million. Um, and then I think the other thing is, you know, kind of what it all means. And uh, I think the relationship between Chris Middleton and the Bucks is very amicable. I've never heard anything that would suggest differently. Uh, so I think all the parties are on the same page uh, as they think about, you know, how you try to build this team going forward and what's going to happen next summer and, you know, what an opt out from Chris means and what the Bucks not getting him on an extension means. I think everyone's on the same page. Um, so I just kind of wanted to lay that all out there and make sure maybe that all of us are on the same page uh, on all of that. If you have some questions, be sure to tweet those at me um, and, you know, we can answer, answer that on future podcasts. Bucks making some actual news today. Um, or I shouldn't say today. It was yesterday afternoon. Uh, Matt Velasquez of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reported that the Bucks found a new two-way deal, um, and they used it on Trevon Duval from Duke University. And I think it's it's an interesting deal. So uh, if you're not keeping up with the Bucks two ways, uh, about a week ago they withdrew their qualifying offer from their two-way player Marshall Plumley, uh, which opened up their two-way slot, uh, and then they decided yesterday, and the Bucks have now made this official as they've put out the press release uh, that they are going to add Javon Duvall uh, from Duke to a two-way contract and. Again, I think we are now in a spot, obviously, where everyone kind of understands two-way. You can spend up to 45 days in the NBA on a prorated salary, and you can move back and forth, and the team can kind of attempt to figure out, uh, you know, how how they want to use that and what they want to do. And I guess with, with Duvall, let's just kind of start with 
let's start with who he is as a player, and then we can kind of discuss how he may be different than some other two ways. So uh, Duvall, 19 years old, uh, one-and-done guy at Duke last year, and he didn't get drafted, which is kind of a... It's kind of a tough thing to see. He's the first one-and-done player in Duke history to go undrafted. Uh, you know, typically you have that pedigree. You decide to go one-and-done. You're going to get drafted. But why he didn't get drafted, you know, kind of makes sense. Last year at Duke, uh, 10.3 points per game, 5.6 assists, and 1.5 steals. Um, and, you know... I think it may have been a little bit tough for him to really show everyone his true value because, well, he had two lottery picks uh, on his roster. He had two guys that ended up going in the top 10 uh, in Marvin Bagley and in Wendell Carter Jr. So he you know, was going to be uh, a third fiddle, fourth fiddle, somewhere down there because Oh yeah, Grayson Allen went in the first round as well. Um, so he, he just really was attempting to fit in there. Um, and I think he he's an interesting player. Um, anytime the Bucks sign someone uh, at this level, uh, someone that was recently a prospect, you know I, of course, go to our guy, Cole Zwicker. And uh, it, it was funny, one of our listeners, Travis Schlepp, uh, had said that as soon as the Bucks signed Trayvon Duvall, I googled Colswicker Trayvon Duvall, and I gotta say, I immediately went to Twitter and searched Duvall uh, from Colswicker to see if Cole had any tweets on him, and I went through all of those, and then uh, sent Cole kind of a, a question of, you know, what should I think of Duvall, and his quick scouting report, best traits are tight handle, Open court vision, in parentheses, pretty damn good here. And burst getting to the rim. Uh, shot isn't broken, but it's close. Uh, Half-court decision-making isn't the best. Overrated athlete and defender. And low-key, decent moving without the ball. And I think when you hear all of that, I don't know that that is a, a great fit at point guard for the Milwaukee Bucks. But he's 19. He's a McDonald's All-American. Uh, you're looking at, uh, in many ways, a pedigree play here. And as I think through the the former John Hammond rules, um, as I think through you know kind of what he used to look for as a general manager, Frank and I used to always look for McDonald's All-Americans because there was a while where John Hammond, even if he was taking a project he would find a guy that was a McDonald's All-American. That was a thing that was, I think, pretty big to him because it speaks to a level of pedigree for whatever it may be. Like Johnny O'Brien, he was a McDonald's All-American. <laughs> and again, you can argue whether or not he should have been or if he deserved it, whatever. But, you know, that is something that, you know, they were looking at. And I think if you can get a guy with that level of pedigree at a two-way deal, you know... I think that provides some value. Um, now, what he is going forward, I think, is a huge question. And, and much of the reason why he ended up dropping to undrafted instead of drafted, I think, has a lot to do with uh, some of the weaknesses Cole had mentioned. A point guard in the NBA that can't shoot. Well, in the modern NBA, that 
that doesn't work real well. So I, I think you you circle that. I think you circle the the maybe questionable decision making in the half court. But, you know, as far as profile goes, uh, Cole mentioned that he's a little bit of an overrated athlete, but 6'2 point guard with a 6'9 and a half wingspan. He's got long arms. He has some athleticism. And uh, you mentioned, or Cole mentioned the, the tight handle. And yeah, if you watch some Chevon Duval highlights, like he's going to go double in between the legs. He's going to go in and out dribbles. Um, it is high level ball handling that, you know, it, we're always talking about getting that first step, getting to the basket. Like, you know, that might be something that, that Javon Duval can really do. So, uh, I think there's, to me, there's a level of excitement in this play. Um, because if you believe in your guys, if you believe that in the Hawks university, uh, in the Hawks university teachers, pedigree, whatever you want to say, like if you believe in those people and their ability to help a jump shot out, well, you know, maybe you have a player, if you can add a jump shot to all of that, uh, and there, there's a bit of a hitch in his jumper and it, it doesn't look real good. So you're probably going to have to, you know, maybe redo some of all of this, but, this is a guy that, you know, some people had said bottom of the second round, maybe you take a chance at. I know going through some draft lists after the draft, uh, he was a guy that popped up on a number of lists of, you know, the best undrafted guys, the guys that you might want to take a look at. And uh, I just think it's really interesting because a 19-year-old former uh, one year removed from being a McDonald's all American one year removed from being a good enough recruit to go to Duke. Like there is to me a, a level of upside there that, you know, it, it may be totally unfulfilled. It, it may end up not working out in any way, but I think a, a six, two point guard with a six ish wingspan um, with some athleticism, not, again maybe a little bit overrated athleticism but good athleticism good handle like you know you you see some tools there that could be really helpful um you just have to figure out how you develop them and to me that's the most interesting thing is when you look at a 19 year old point guard i don't know how often you want to bring that guy up and have him play with the bucks and I think that is where this becomes really interesting. And you look at what the Bucks have at point guard. And, you know, last year they had injuries hit Delhi and Brogdon at the same time and kind of just killed their point guard depth. But the Bucks have some depth there. They, they probably don't end up needing Trayvon Duvall to step in. And again, it's, it's probably nice to have him around in case you do, but... The Bucks largely don't need that. And last year, they ran through the 45 days of their two ways almost as fast as anyone. And that allowed them to, uh, you know, work through a bunch of two-way guys. They, I don't want to say they uh, squeezed as much out of them and used them up and discarded them, but in a way, that is kind of how they used their two-way contracts. And they just found a way to keep using those guys and I think they used two-way guys more than almost anyone else in the league last year which speaks to a team that uh, 
might have some depth problems, uh, might have an inability to uh, keep guys on the floor, uh, you know, might have had some injury problems. Like, that's a problem. You don't want to be at the highest end of that uh, because that means, you know, you didn't do well enough in free agency, you didn't draft well enough, uh, you didn't find enough depth. But the Bucks did use their two ways in that way. So I think it's going to be really interesting what Duvall looks like because it's it's going to have to be very different. Because I think if you want to get the most out of him, you don't want to use those 45 days up quickly. You want to spread that out. You want to try to get as much as possible. You want to try to develop him as much as possible to create an asset, to find a way that, okay, this 19-year-old, maybe he's something for us. Where if you use those 45 days up as quick as possible, well, Maybe someone else gets that chance. So I just think this one is is really interesting to me because he is a prospect that has a certain level of upside. And I think if you're a Bucks fan, that's what you want to see. You want to see the Bucks try to find the those two-way contracts, try to find a way to use two ways to actually mine for assets, if that makes any sense. You, you want to try to get players out of that. You want to get guys on the roster from those two ways. And I think this is one of those plays. I think this is something that could work out in that way um, if if it ends up going right. And again, it might not go right. He might not be able to develop a shot. He may just be uh, a broken jump shooter and not find a way in the league. But you know, maybe he does. And I, I think this is a worthwhile chance. So we'll kind of see how it all happens. Um, one more thing. Anytime I tweet about the Bucks two-way deals, even if it is just a retweet about Tra- Trayvon Duvall, even if it is just something discussing him, um, I immediately get bombarded with, okay, that's fine, but where's Christian Wood? I will, I've, I've said it many times. I will say it again. Christian Wood, not particularly interested in a two-way deal. He might end up signing one in the end because he can't find an NBA contract, um, but he is going to hold out for as long as possible to try to find an NBA deal. Like That, that to him, is what he's looking for, um, and I don't think that's that's going to change anytime soon. So um, I just think keep that in mind when thinking about why would the Bucks go here? Why would the Bucks uh, go with Trayvon, Trayvon Duvall rather than uh, Christian Wood? And just remember, Christian Wood doesn't want a two-way uh, for now. He may end up signing one, um, but at the moment, he would like an MA contract. He would like an opportunity. Um, and... That is why, you know, he wasn't signed to a two-way contract by the Milwaukee Bucks. So uh, just something to keep in mind, something to think about, um, something to remember uh, when you are thinking about Christian Wood, the Bucks, and two-way contracts. All right, that's going to be it for us for today. Frank will be back tomorrow, hopefully. Uh, no Brewers night game to get in the way, so we should have plenty of time to record uh, tonight on Wednesday night. That's going to be weird. I'm going to record two podcasts in a day, but that's okay. Um, I will do all of that tonight. Sorry for not getting this out a little bit sooner. Uh, didn't get my coffee made quite early enough and uh, get myself going quite early enough, but hopefully you should have this in the next little while. Uh, hopefully, 
I, I, I'm sorry that we've caused any withdrawals. Uh, we have uh, failed you in the last couple of days, but that's okay. We are back. We do not mean to do it. We will try to earn back your trust in the coming days. For Frank Men, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you tomorrow.